Oh my god, the intro music is fire. Somebody told me they didn't like it, which was annoying, first of all, and it, just frankly untrue. Uh, I found it on YouTube, and it's free for me to use, so I'm going to use it, and I'm going to use it every week because I like listening to it. It's like three minutes long of just like insane bass and a really like chill beat, which is my kind of music. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, back for round two of the uh, newly revived First of All podcast. Uh, my name is McCarty. Uh, like Buckarty, the rum, but with an M. I get that one a lot. Somebody made that joke today at my uh, gym, actually. Um, but it also is like not everybody always gets it because they don't really understand my name. So joke kind of goes over people's head. I uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, for those that are new here, um, this is the First of All podcast, and we do this every Thursday. Um, we are recording not on a Thursday today, but this episode will be released on a Thursday. And um, if you listen to my last episode, you know that I basically decided like I'm going to do what I want on this podcast from now on, which is what I've always done. Don't get me twisted there, but... I'm going to like interview friends and talk about whatever and like be very unscripted. It's just me. Like I don't have a co-host or anything. So I'm just going to run the ship how I want to. Uh, I had a friend in town this past weekend, which was a good time. We basically did nothing. But when you're with someone that you enjoy being around, it feels like you did a lot. You know, Um, his name is Will. We know each other from high school and uh, he came to visit. Um, which I appreciated and it was just like kind of a random trip. Um, but he just wanted to like come see my new place and check out Atlanta for a little bit. And while he was here, I was like, dude, what are you doing Tuesday night? And he is holed up in a hotel room for work right now. So I was like, bro, why don't we just like try to record this podcast together and see how it goes. So, um, we're going to do that. Will, I assume you are unmuted now. I'm here. Yes. Wow. Listen to that voice. Crispy. He got a crispy mic. He tried to explain to me the setup. I didn't understand any of it. But uh, yeah, his mic sounds good. His voice sounds good. Will, say hello to everybody. Hello. And I tell you, it's my first time on a podcast. So, What are your nerves um, at right now? You know, it's kind of weird. I, uh, I One time I tried to go live on like Instagram or Facebook Live or something. I had all of like one or two viewers and it it was kind of like a surreal experience like I felt like the whole world could see me but no one was watching <laughs> and I feel like that's the same kind of feeling I feel right now but I guess you probably just get used to it yeah you'll get used to it and what's even more funny about like recording a podcast is that it's just me and you right here. Like eventually people will hear it, but right now as we're recording, it's just me and you. So, right. Yeah. Call yeah. the nerves. It's just your boy <laughs> that you hung out with, uh, what was it? Two days ago. So, yes. um, and I haven't given Will any like heads up as to what we're going to talk about or like what questions I'm going to throw at him. Uh, and most of that is because I actually don't have it written down either. So there would be nothing to share with you, but also like, that's the point of this podcast is just like be homies and talk about whatever. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, will any like issues, any questions that you have before we jump right into it? Um, I don't have any issues myself. I, a question I do have though is, 
this hotel room that I'm in is right next to the interstate. Like, I don't know if there's a regulation or what, like how close you can build a hotel to an interstate, but if there is, they are at the limit. And so I can hear all kinds of 18 wheelers going outside my window. And I'm wondering if you can hear that through my microphone or is that just all in my head? Uh, that's a very, very considerate question of you. And no, we cannot hear it. So I appreciate you clarifying that ahead of time. And there probably is. I would guess that there is a regulation around interstate proximity. And I guarantee you that's what it's called. Interstate proximity. <laughs> that sounds exactly what it's called. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of hotels that intentionally build as close as they possibly can because there's a lot of advertising there, a lot of organic advertising that you can get from being that close to the interstate. So no, we can't hear it, but I appreciate you asking. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's get into a little bit about, uh, his name is Will Weathersby. Uh, you can probably find him on social media or whatever the heck. I'm not going to look it up and figure out what it is, but just he's probably the only one in the world with that name, um, <laughs> which I share in my name as well. Uh, Will, what do you do in life? Share a little bit about yourself um, with the people. Give us like a life overview right now. We'll get into like our relationship and how we know each other later, but like just talk about what's happening in your life right now. Yeah, so the reason I am in a hotel in Knoxville, Tennessee is because well, it's for work and um, I am a CPA and I do audits. A lot of people, when they hear that I'm a CPA, they're like, they have a couple of different responses. One is, oh, can you do my taxes? <laughs> and answer to that is I do audits. So I don't really like to do taxes. I know some stuff about taxes, but, um, do you do not your own really. taxes? I do my own taxes and, uh, but there's not, I don't really, at this point in my career or life, I don't have like, I don't make like absurd amount of money or anything. So oh, that's unfortunate right now, but uh, <laughs> that's the way it is. And so like, I just use TurboTax, just like it's free. And uh, so that's what I, I would tell people, but I'm always, I do disclaim like, hey man, but if you don't want to do your taxes, I'll be happy to do them for you on TurboTax because it's kind of like a game. It's like, great job. And so <laughs> I kind of enjoy doing that. But uh, the other thing they say when they hear that I'm a CPA is, oh, you must love math. And not, I mean, not particularly do I love math. I use Excel and calculator. So not much math really goes into it. Are you it, like but... an Excel wizard? Like you actually know how to use all the functions of it? You know, I in my job I've like learned a whole lot about Excel that I didn't know so I feel like I'm more of a wizard than I was yesterday but I also have come to know that I know so little about Excel and there's like something there's ways to do anything you can imagine in Excel but mm -hmm. um, you know I've learned a lot of like key tricks that I use all the time that uh, just really changed the game in the day-to-day -day life of a CPA. But, um, yeah, so that's what I do for a living right now. Um, and then outside of work, I recently got engaged. Mm. Um, Tell us to that my person's name. Beautiful fiance, Chapel. And uh, she's just really a huge blessing in my life every day. 
And uh, so that's, yeah, that's the big thing in my life right now that, and I'm lucky because it's going to be, she'll continue to be the big thing in my life for the rest of my life. So very excited about that. You really sound like you're in love, bro. Absolutely. And also you say, you said a lot of that, like you're fearful she's going to listen to this. So you, I mean, you passed the test. You said all the right things, but. (laughs) I hope she listens to it. I'll definitely tell her about it. Uh, She knows I'm, I'm on, on a podcast tonight. So she'll be big time. bro. (laughs) So what's your, uh, what do you do for like, for fun? Like what, let's talk about hobbies. Cause I know I, me and Will go back to high school to, I guess you're a freshman year. Uh, I'm a year older than him, so his freshman year would have been my sophomore year. But I know what you're good at. Okay, I've been around you long enough to know things that you <laughs> do well. Uh, but what do you like? What do you enjoy doing? What are some hobbies that you feel like you do frequently in your life? Yeah. Um, so my hobbies have kind of evolved over the past you know few years i guess like in college and um since college has ended but um one hobby of mine is just being outside and exercising um whether that's the same time or separately um but that's just kind of a big encompassing hobby um and I can get more into detail into that, like exercising and stuff, because that is a a hobby that I could talk a lot about. But other hobbies, um, well, since the pandemic started, like when we got quarantined and started having to work from home, I had like this little fold-up desk in my room that was just not sufficient to have like my computer and then a monitor and any room to do anything else on. So I quickly realized that I was going to, or I would like to have a larger desk. And, um, so over time, over the pandemic and my free time started getting into like woodworking and I built a desk and that's quickly evolved into like, a workbench and then like a workshop table and lots of desks and tables, <laughs> honestly. You got They're the pretty... like four legs and a flat surface down. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, after I like realized that I'd built like all the desks that I was going to need, then, um, that hobby was kind of like, okay, like table, I don't know tables. Yes. Um, don't know if I need any more tables right now. No, I and... said tabled, like you put it to the side. <laughs> oh, yes. I see what you did there. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, so I had to table that. And I was like, if I'm going to be moving in the next year or two, I should probably slow off on the furniture building because I'm just going to be, I'm just going to have a ton of furniture and I don't really want to move it. So um, then I decided. Uh, I'd like to buy a motorcycle and mm-hmm. I did that at the end of July and that's actually, I don't think I told you about that this weekend, but I did, t- I mean, I told you I have a motorcycle, but the story behind oh, buying it. it, did you, okay. It's well, like you like went to get it. It was like some old lady that 
had it in her garage because her husband died or something and like yes. didn't ride it for a while and then you got the oil had like separated or something and it just yes. like wasn't drivable well so i like got it from the lady and i talked her down which i did it wasn't really much of a talk i was just like she was asking 1900 and i was like would you take 14 and she like looked at me for a second and she was like okay <laughs> and so I was like, "You're a negotiation master, bro." <laughs> I guess, but I kind of like wish you would have kind of, you know, acted like, "Ooh, that's I don't know." But <laughs> I was just like, "Well, shit, I should have." You, you know, could have just said any number, just like yeah. seven hundred. So I felt pretty good, like you know, it sounded great, running nicely, and so Peter, did you drive? You drove it before you like started going home. Okay, so this that's kind of where. When I look back on the whole experience, that's where like red flags were appearing <laughs> that you only see in hindsight. Um, because the lady was kind of, she was pretty obviously sketched out when I was like, can I test drive it? Not, I didn't perceive it to be like, no, you're going to wreck it. Just like she didn't really know what to say. Oh, she probably and, uh, was worried that you would just hop on it and leave. <laughs> just not. Pay. Right. And then, well, so my, I was going to be like, well, I can like go ahead and negotiate a price and then like do like cash in hand deal. Like, so if something happens, then the deal is up and that's it. But I was like, well, I don't know if that's going to work because I can't really, you know, say bad things about it if I haven't ridden it. So, she had had her like stepson had like come by earlier in the day and ridden it. So she was like, let me just call him and you can talk to him on the phone. And so he like talked to me and was like, yeah, the transmission seemed like it was sticking in first or second gear, but I didn't go too fast on it or anything, but it ran just fine earlier. And so I used that and just was like, yeah, it sounds like it, there's going to be some work that's going to have to be done on it. So with that being said, I think, you know, that, and that's when I told her I'll do 14, but, um, she took it and my plan was that if I bought it, then I was going to ride it home because Peter had driven me there in his Honda Civic. And so I had no way of like <laughs> carrying it home. Yeah. So she gave me like the couple helmets and like a dust cover that Peter put in his car and hopped on and I tore off towards Chattanooga and luckily Peter was like following me for a little ways and I let him go ahead of me but um probably like 10 minutes into the ride at the first stop sign um it sputtered out and I quickly just wrote it off as like okay like I must have not you haven't said like this thing is old like inherently old yeah it's 1977 so it's 45 years old and it looks really good. The the paint job's nice. I mean, but it looks sick. It looks like straight out of a movie. Right. I was. I'm super excited about it. I was then too. And um, but it died the first time and started right back up. No big deal. Um, then like ten more minutes later, right at the last light before Peter is now in front of me, goes and. I told him to just go ahead back to Chattanooga and don't worry about me because I've been riding it for like 25 minutes and it seemed to be doing okay. 
But let me turn that yeah, sound off. Yeah, go ahead off. and mute that forever. Get that yeah. way out of here. The first one was my phone, and that one was my computer, so there shouldn't be any more. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so when we got to the stoplight, it died again. This time it would not start, and so I started kicking it, and not just kicking it over, but kick-starting it, and uh, wouldn't start for anything. So finally put it on the kickstand, and... Peter luckily had not left me. He saw that I was having trouble. Mm, what a and, guy. Yeah, great guy. Shout out to Peter Lovell. <laughs> um, but I just got super sweaty, like just trying to start it to no, to no end. It didn't work for anything. Now, why do you why do you bring up the sweatiness? Does, was that an impactful part of the experience? You seem like you you said that for a reason. Yeah, that that's a great point. Um, and the reason I say that is because I just needed a break. Because so. <laughs> it was it, miserable. It was absolutely miserable. It was super hot and like the end of July afternoon sun. And uh, so I put it on its kickstand and just like went over by this old abandoned gas station and stood in the shade with Peter to just like think like, what in the world am I going to do? Like, I'm, am I learning like the hardest lesson ever right now about... <laughs> buying stuff on facebook marketplace and right as i'm like trying to decide that with peter it falls over just the motorcycle falls over in the parking lot and i'm like 10 feet away i'm just like oh my gosh like at this point all i can do is laugh and anyways longer story short get it home i have to get a buddy to come out there which Another hindsight's 2020. Should have just asked him to go with me in the first place. But uh, finally get it home. And my idea of getting a motorcycle was to, you know, if I'm bored on an afternoon, I can hop on it and go ride the back roads. But that quickly, after I'd bought it, turned into learning how to clean a carburetor and change the wheel bearings and replace the front fork seals and all this different stuff, which now that I've done it, I'm so happy to have learned all that stuff. But, um, and I'm kind of glad it forced me into it because I don't know if I would have signed up for that on the front end, but once I got into that hole, I was like, I'm not going to pay somebody else to do it. So if I'm ever going to get rid of it, I got to fix it. Cause I got to get my money back out of it. Do you think but, that you've spent in, t- in like time and parts and stuff, you've spent the extra like $500 of what you saved on it? Mm, uh, definitely have spent. So I haven't done the detailed of like parts that actually went into the motorcycle. And if I had to guess off the top of my head, I'd probably have to say probably around two to 500, probably $500 of parts that I've like gotten to replace or whatever. But uh, most of the expense that is not really associated what's associated with the motorcycle, but it doesn't have anything to do with it was just like tools that I had to buy or wanted to buy along the way to make the process easier so i was there for that actually i think 
You were, yes. Um, you went and got actually probably the one of the first tools, which was my breaker bar. Yeah, um, everybody needs a good breaker bar. And I tell you, that absolutely changed the game for me. <laughs> I, I was think, there for that, and I don't even remember what it looks like. It's just like a long, shiny silver bar, really. Isn't it like used to get leverage? Yes. It okay, increased, I remember now. had that like fork or... um oil filter cover was stuck on there because i forgot to put a spring back in it but um yeah man that has been my biggest hobby of late working <laughs> i forgot on that. how we even got on that, on that dang motorcycle <laughs> the hobbies that's right yeah, yeah but the, the motorcycle is sick so is it drivable now like have you taken it for a spin oh yeah i ride it to work uh when it's not raining i love to ride it every day last week i rode it every day can you get office. two people on it? Yes, and Chapel has gone riding with me a few different times now, and I'm so thankful that she'll get on there with me because I know a lot of girls are not inclined to do that at would all. You let me, would you let me get on the back of your motorcycle and hold you around the waist? I would let you if, if you wanted that. Uh, you know, because here's the thing. I think that everybody should at least know what it's like to ride on a motorcycle and – a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to drive one themselves. and So are you saying I, that I, you would also let me drive it then? If you know how to drive a motorcycle, I would let you. But if if you were trying to learn, probably not my motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly breakable. So <laughs> It is breakable, yes. And it's, you know, it's not that it couldn't be fixed, but it's just like I just don't want any of my friends to – get broken on my motorcycle or break my motorcycle. Um, I definitely and then, don't want to break it. I don't know how to fix it, and I don't want to pay to fix it either. Yeah, that that's a very awkward situation when, you know, you let somebody do something like that, and then they really just botch it. Not that you would, but I'm just thinking of other <laughs> other times when and I've let friends. Yeah. One time when I was younger, we had probably like, I was probably like 10 or 11 and I used to ride dirt bikes for fun. Um, I guess who doesn't ride it for fun, but <laughs> <laughs> some people do it for a living, I guess. Yeah. We had some friends out, um, to my aunt's farm where we would ride and they had never ridden dirt bikes, but the dirt bikes we had at the time were like little kid dirt bikes. So it was perfect to learn on. And, uh, they didn't even have like clutches. And if you don't know what that is, for anybody out there listening, it is a clutch basically gives you control in shifting gears. You don't just like press one, two, or three. You have to use it with your foot to change gears. Anyways, his name's Carver, and Carver was learning on this little 70, and he's gotten, we've given him all the instructions, and it's like, all right, go ahead and try. And he like, I don't know how he does it because it didn't have a clutch, but he popped the clutch and immediately like does a wheelie and falls off the back of it. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like he didn't get hurt, thankfully, but that just made me think of that. That yeah. was trippy. <laughs> the whole like, you broke something of mine, but we're friends. And then now what do we do thing is very strange. I mean, I think that I would probably just take ownership of if I broke anything. I last, let's see, it would have been 
I think it would probably have been two years ago at this point, but my old roommate had a dog, like a little bitty dog. And mm-hmm. I learned in this in one night that grapes are really toxic to dogs. Did you know that? Did you know that dogs can't eat grapes? No, I thought they could only not have like chocolate. Same. Okay, same. And I like, first of all, grapes are delicious. And secondly, why? It has something to do with like their kidney failure, but like who would even know that? And why do we know that? Anyway, I uh, I was eating grapes at our dinner table that we had in our apartment and the dog was under me and I accidentally dropped one and he just like inhaled it like immediately. (laughs) And I was like, oh, he likes grapes. That's cool. (laughs) And then I gave him another one as a treat because he clearly liked them. Yeah. And I said it, dude, by the grace of God, I said to my roommate, I said, dude, I think his, the dog's name is Rangoon. I said, I think Rangoon likes grapes. I just learned what his new favorite treat is. And he like <laughs> laughed about it for a second. And then he like went silent for like two minutes. And he, I realized later that he was Googling that like if grapes were bad for dogs. Cause he, like, yeah. he didn't really know that either, but he had like heard that somewhere. And he was like, look, man, I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty sure grapes are like the most toxic thing you can give a dog. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God, what do we do now? And he just kept reading about it. And he's just like a nervous guy in general. But he was like, I think we're going to have to take him to like an emergency vet. And like he has to like we have to take him now because they're like really bad. So we called this emergency vet that was open and uh they were like way ch- more chill about it than my roommate was, but they were like, yeah, why don't you bring them up here? And I was like, first of all, they do this for a living. Okay. Of course they want you to come up there and pay for it. Like, <laughs> right. I don't say no, but we took them up there and they're like, how many grapes did he eat? How long has it been? This dog is like 10 pounds, like tiny. And yeah. what they do is I learned that they basically like give them some kind of drug that makes them throw up like immediately. And he threw up the grapes, and they were both whole. Like, he just swallowed them whole. So it actually, like, wasn't – they hadn't even digested yet. There was nothing wrong with them. But they said that, like, because he was so small and because it was two grapes, it probably was a good idea for us to bring him up there. Yeah. So, like, all things considered, the dog is so cute, and I love that dog, so I'm glad that we saved its life potentially. But those grapes, those two grapes cost me $275. So that was tough. Oh, my gosh. And I was, yeah. like, down to pay for it. I didn't mind at all because it was totally my fault, but it's just, like, one of those life things. Yes. When you're an you adult, just got to learn. Just yeah, you just learn, like, through doing dumb stuff that, like, how much things cost. Like buying a motorcycle that the oil has separated in, you know? <laughs> yes. It's like that sometimes. That's so true. And, you know, it's it's a $275 expense like that, like, with the grapes, it's obviously like you would prefer to not have to pay that expense but like we're so blessed to have be in the position where that doesn't like destroy you like Mm -hmm. and so it's it's that's the silver lining i guess but that you can afford to learn lessons like that yeah but that's ironic coming from you that like we're blessed enough to be able to afford 275 dollars because you don't spend money on anything so well, you know, you got to save your money so you can learn your lessons when, <laughs> and have money to learn them when they come. But what's the yeah. last purchase that you made that was over three hundred dollars? Hmm. 
I mean, obviously the motorcycle, but there's got to be something else. Between yeah. And then. I mean, outside of like maintenance or something for my car or uh, probably probably uh, an engagement ring for Chapel. <laughs> Yeah. Right, Chapel. We know it's over three hundred dollars, so that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that one counts. Three hundred. Actually, now that I think about it, three hundred dollars is like kind of expensive. I was thinking. I was trying to think of like what I would have bought that was that much, but I don't think I spend. I spend like in one month, I might spend three hundred dollars on clothes, but I wouldn't. Yeah. There's not like one item that I'm spending. $300 on so that maybe that was a bad example but well I mean I feel like for me it's not like the three I don't usually buy stuff that single like the one single thing would be $300 but um I recently like I like to buy stuff that's like $100 or less probably and it has nothing to do with like oh it's less than $100 I'll <laughs> buy it but that's just your it, taste it seems to be like that if it's something that I just like want for like a hobby or whatever, um, then I would buy that. The most recent thing that I bought in that category is a loop pedal for my guitar. Um, one of my oh, buddies. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of my buddies, I went over to like jam at his house and I mean, I knew that they existed, but, um, I'd never used one. And after like seeing him use it and trying it out myself, I was like, I gotta have one, so I immediately ordered one. There's people that, that day. Um, there's like uh, Twitch streamers that make their living doing that, like make covers of songs doing loop pedals and stuff. It's really yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, you can like play guitar with yourself. So, um, so are you yeah, like fully competent in guitar now? Um, like, would you play I on can, stage in front of people? You know, I have before, but I feel like no experience of me playing guitar on stage in front of people has gone the way that I'd ever hoped it would. Um, <laughs> What's that mean? It's just always been like tragic and like a failure. Well, now I, you have I to give us that. an example of that. Um, okay. Like I think freshman or sophomore year of college. Um, and this was like, that would have been like six or seven years ago. So I'd only been playing for like maybe one and one and a half years, mm -hmm. not very long at all. But um, I like to like write my own songs and the fraternity house that I was a part of was having like this fundraiser battle the bands and we were having trouble booking bands. So <laughs> some of my like pledge brothers and stuff knew that I played guitar as a hobby and they're like, dude, you got to like get up there and you can, you know, you can do it. You can participate in it. And they were hyping me up like big time. And I was like, have these people oh. heard you before? I mean, yes, but it was just like in my dorm and like just joking around mm -hmm. and like, I don't know, not through a microphone. And that is totally different. Like when you hear <laughs> yourself come through a microphone and there's a bunch of people out there it's just like a different experience, I guess, if you haven't. So if, other, so if other people were at that show, do you think they also thought it went tragic for you? Um, 
probably yes yeah. <laughs> i mean did you get booed off no i didn't get i no i didn't get booed off it was just super awkward because um i was like grossly unprepared and by that i mean i got there and the band it, which was like a legit band they like had a van full of gear and stuff um that was playing before me they had just finished their little set and um they my guitar i just had like an acoustic guitar without a pickup like i couldn't plug it into an amp or anything and um they had a microphone on the stage and so basically it was going to be me like singing into the microphone with an acoustic guitar that no the crowd could not hear yeah oh god so i was like kind of scrambling because you know, everyone's waiting for the next set, which was me. And I like went, I like turned around to the, one of the band guys, like an old dude. And I was like, Hey, uh, can, can I borrow this other microphone for my guitar? And he seemed like from what I remember, he was kind of hesitant. He was like, uh, you don't have your own kind of deal. And, uh, I think he could probably hear the desperation in my voice, but he set it up for me. And, um, it was just like a setup and like I think part of playing and then hearing it like come through the speakers and I guess there's kind of like an echo because it didn't have a monitor or anything to hear myself and it was just really felt really weird and I didn't sing a cover I sang like an original song so yeah, nobody knew you that it. right now that was your first mistake yeah no one knew it so it's like if it was a song someone knew, they could sing along, but they're just like, what the heck's going on? And I wasn't about to like sing a hit that no one had just discovered, just no one had discovered yet. So it was bad. And then the next set like wasn't ready yet, and they just told me to kill time, and I was like kind of ready to get off the stage. But I... I really felt like it was my time was over and uh, they were just like, stay up there, just tell a joke. And I was like, so uncomfortable. It was bad. <laughs> Dude, it's like a, like a, I feel like this is like a high school musical knockoff where like you need to have like a return, like a reunion, you know, like a return back. And you're like, no guys, like I can actually do it with the right equipment. I feel strongly that you could put on a, a, a good performance. I think that would definitely change the game that yes like if i had the right stuff and maybe could have a, a chance to just like practice one time through have a soundtrack before i just start singing maybe sing a song people know what's well, interesting know. about your journey with the guitar and i do want to hear about other instances that apparently have gone tragic but i remember when we were in high school actually i guess it would have been uh it would have been my um freshman year of college because you were a senior i think but you started playing ukulele right yes in order to learn how to play guitar eventually and now like you're a full-blown performer it sounds like <laughs> i've i i wouldn't say full-blown performer but i've attempted i've fully blown performances i guess <laughs> but... <laughs> wow good use of the word there but yeah i learned I started picking up ukulele um, one summer. I went to summer camp and uh, at Lakeshore, 
Um, Shout out to and, the only camp that anyone in our hometown ever went to. Yes, Lakeshore UMA in Camden, Tennessee. It's a great place to learn about Jesus. Um, but yeah, I was at Lakeshore one summer, and they tend to have like random musical instruments laying around, like in the offices and stuff. So um, I got somebody to teach me a few different chords on the ukulele, and once you can play like three or four chords on probably any instrument, then you can play a lot of like pop songs and just kind of play a jam that, you know, you can continue playing and sounds good. So, uh, when I learned like, Oh my gosh, like that's kind of easy. And I enjoyed like practicing when I got home from summer camp, I immediately ordered a $30 ukulele (laughs) and, uh, then just started practicing it all the time. Is that the same one that you use like the whole time? Yeah, I still just have one ukulele. Um, That's wild. I actually was inspired. Well, actually, I need to share the full story, but I was like low-key inspired by you with the ukulele, but mostly because the way that you played it around me was just like so funny. Like it was, I don't know that we ever heard you play like a real song. You used to sing the uh, "Drop in the Ocean" song. Yeah. What's the actual yeah. name of that song? Uh, I think it's called "A Drop in the Ocean." Yeah, that. Yeah. Used to, we used, that was like our anthem for like a summer because you just like played <laughs> it on the ukulele all the time. Yeah. And I went to college. I want to say it would have been like my sophomore, maybe I think it was sophomore year, and I had a class called Small Group communication that was the whole class name which is like what are we paying for college for when i have to take a class called small group communication like what even is that (laughs) and the whole point of the it was just the lowest hanging fruit for this professor too all she did was the first week that we met she put us into random groups i think there was four in the class and she said your job or like your assignment in this class is to um do something as a group something meaning like you could uh build a cookbook together you could like go serve on saturdays and like feed the homeless you could learn something like just like whatever it would take a group to do that you need yeah so our group was i think it was probably like six people and we were like we're gonna learn how to play guitar that's what we're gonna do as a group and we're all going to take different methods. So one person was going to like watch YouTube videos. Another was going to go to lessons. Another was going to like learn from a friend. Uh, one was going to read a book. So we were all like trying these different methods and see like which ones works or like which one we felt was the best. Okay. Yeah. What actually happened was we didn't meet again as a group at all the rest of the semester. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even exaggerating, like not a single time. And I don't remember what we did in that class ever. I just remember like we would always meet in our like group in the class and just like no one would even talk to each other. Like we just had no no interest in like actually doing our assignment. So our final that we had to do was like you had to present on what your team did or what the group (laughs) did and like how it was effective and how you use communication and all this stuff. So... (laughs) 
there's like a week before we had to present our final. We all were like, okay, guys, like we have to meet and figure out what we're going to do because none of us learn guitar. And <laughs> so I, we all met together and we're like, what the F are we going to do? Like, we can't walk in there and be like, our assignment was to learn guitar and none of us know guitar. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> so I was like, guys, I got it. I'm the ultimate, I'm going to write a book on it one day, but I ultimately, in the most ultimate way, finessed college. I didn't never bought a textbook. I didn't do anything in school, graduated with honors. College is a joke. But <laughs> so for the, I was like, guys, I got it. We're going to go in there and we're going to own that we didn't learn guitar, but we're going to spin it to say, like, here's how much we learned about how to communicate as a group and like what what our failures were and like how we acknowledge those and how aware we are of those and like what skills we can use to improve that moving forward. Yeah. So we built this presentation on like how we didn't communicate and that's bad and like ways we could have done that better. We talked about the different methods that we uh, chose to play guitar and like why they didn't work for ours for ourselves and like maybe it's a personality thing or like how we learn. So we spun everything as to like, here's why it didn't work and what we learned from it. Yeah. And dude, we got the highest grade in the class. Because really? our professor was so impressed that we had like all this insight into like what went wrong. And she thought it was so good. <laughs> dude, That's amazing. I remember walking out of there and feeling like I had just robbed a bank and got away with it. <laughs> Because That's we didn't awesome. do a single thing. We did one hour of work, and it was the very last week of that class, and it was building a presentation about what we did wrong. Yeah. And our professor thought it was so good. And I all that to say, I left out the most important detail. To start our presentation, I was like, look, guys, we learned to play guitar. I'm going to share with you what I learned on guitar. And yeah. I had a guitar with me, and I just like, strummed it so horribly like intentionally bad yeah and then i paused to see like what the class reception would be and i mm -hmm. got like the awkward like pity claps because people thought i was serious and right. then i was like actually guys like i'm just kidding uh, we didn't i didn't learn it at all and here's like why here's what happened and everyone felt like the biggest sigh of relief that i didn't just embarrass myself <laughs> in front of everybody like that uh, yes. Which ended up being really hilarious. But all that to say, didn't learn guitar, would learn to love it. And actually, when I graduated and I moved to New Jersey, I was moving there with like no friends. I didn't know anybody. So I was going to be bored all the time. And I ordered a $30 ukulele and I was like, I'm going to learn. Will did it. And Will's like the dumbest person I know. Like, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. You're a smart guy. Uh, I, said, I was like, I can do it. I know. I've seen him do it. And people talk about how easy it is. The ukulele is only four strings. Like, you can figure it out. And I, it actually bought, like, this starter kit with it. It came with, like, a tuner and, like, this book and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I miserably failed. I tried for, like, three weeks to <laughs> learn it. And I, my fingers just don't move fast enough, bro. I can never – I couldn't, like – get any rhythm going and i just got so frustrated with it so i just gave it up i still have that ukulele actually yeah just keep it around you know and if it's there and you see it one day maybe you'll feel inspired to do it and that's i had to write a paper in college about um i guess i wrote it about guitar but i kind of just told the story of how i learned it and 
one thing that I have realized in the whole journey of learning about music and stuff is being the youngest of three siblings, my brother and sister both were forced to take piano lessons. Um, and by the time it was my turn, I was like old enough. My mom was just like, whatever, like Isaac and Shelby both ended up quitting and, uh, we're just gonna, whatever Will wants to do, I'm not even going to fight it. So it wasn't until I was like 16 or 17 that I started learning the ukulele, but I really think that music, I made this quote up to finish my paper, but music is a universal language that everyone can understand, but only a few know how to speak. You know, it's all about with music. You just, it has to be, your motivation has to come internally. I think like parents pressure and stuff is not the way to get a kid to learn, but um, Would you say that's universally true or just a music thing? You know, I think, I mean, when I'm a parent, I think that I would like to take the approach of like letting, I'll, you know, introduce my kids to different stuff, but kind of let them take the lead on what they want to do mm-hmm. um, and just be supportive of whatever that is. Because I think, you know, it could be with sports, too. So I guess it's kind of universal. Yeah. I mean. So, fun you know, fact, we, I don't even know if you know this about me, but my parents put me in cello lessons. For like really? A year. Yeah. When I was like, I want to say I was like probably, I remember it, and I like could hold the cello up, which makes me think that I was like decently sized as a human. So I was probably like <laughs> 11 or 12, maybe. Yeah. And couldn't tell you why my parents ever thought that would be a good idea uh my sisters played violin so they were probably like oh this is the male version we'll put them on cello (laughs) you know yeah and i did it for like a year and hated every second of it but i just did it because my parents like paid for it and i would go do it in this like old dude's basement i don't even know how they found this guy (laughs) i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask him that over christmas actually how they even found this guy but you're right i think you should expose your kids to different things i've always like gone back and forth on that about not like forcing your kids to do things but like how are they gonna know if they like something or if they're good at it if you don't intentionally put them in the path of running into something like that like how are they gonna know they suck at, ba- at baseball and hate it or they really love it if you don't sign them up for baseball you know definitely so it's like, like a trial and error of life you know yes and you know sometimes people um don't find what they really like until later and sometimes it's unfortunate and it's like too late and by too late i just mean like they're out of high school because i feel like high school is the prime time for like just enjoying learning about a sport because i mean everybody's relatively new at it so um but yeah i think you i mean they're probably gonna like stuff that you like in general because they'll have a better time doing it when you take them to do it (laughs) and you're not gonna you'll be like you know being a good example of how to have a good time but all right two um, more questions yeah one about the kids thing is there something you can think of right now that if your kid was just like super either super passionate about it or like really good at it that you would be like it's on the bottom of things that you would enjoy 
not like that you'd be disappointed in them or like wouldn't be happy for them, but you're just like, uh, this thing, I'll give you an example too. This thing I know nothing about and think is so dumb. So my thing would be color guard, which is the <laughs> biggest waste of resources in American history, probably. That's an aggressive <laughs> thing to say. There's a lot of stuff that, we, that are a waste of resources. But color guard, how, first of all, how do we even come up with that? But just like people throwing around flags at a high school football halftime show is the actual waste, biggest waste of time. And maybe you can get a scholarship for it. I don't know. But regardless, it doesn't enhance the show at all. Like it doesn't make it cooler, especially when they drop them half the time. So it's just like, yeah, why are we doing this at all? Now, if my son or daughter is just like insane at it and just loves doing it, then like <laughs> I'm fr- I'm front row, freaking. I'll get a painted shirt that like number one fan, all of it. Like I'm all in on it, but that would probably be the thing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to consciously force myself to be supportive of this thing that I think is so dumb. Yeah. You know, and I think with color guard, especially where we're from, just like I'll say generally rural West Tennessee, I think there's a stereotype that goes with that, that I will disclaim and say, I don't think it, probably falls for or goes for all color guards so any you know really good color guards out there have low quality cover color you know i think that the cheerleading squad has a limit of how many cheerleaders they can have and (laughs) (laughs) we'll leave it at that yes so um right on that by the way like there's probably some like insane color guards in like seattle that people are like no it's actually genuinely entertaining so anyway yeah, I, I yeah, I'm sure that there's people that are amazing at it somewhere that that lead the charge. But um, let's see. Uh, I think like this is going to be probably a pretty hot take, but um, probably just like video games, hardcore video gaming. Wow. Dude, weirdly enough, I knew you were going to say that, and also like a bold thing to say to somebody that makes their living off video games. But continue. I- <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's like, like you said, if they're super good at it and, you know, that's their passion, it would be difficult for me to just be like, all right, like, you know, go to your room and do that all the time. <laughs> um, so, do you think that goes back to like you thinking video games are dumb and a waste of time or you just like being outside and like doing more active things? Uh, I think it probably goes to, I don't think, I think it, that's a little too broad for me that they're just dumb and a waste of time. Cause I have enjoyed video games from time to time. Um, and I see that they are entertaining. I think that it just, to me, gets a little carried away when, you don't have a more diversified portfolio of things to do with your time and video games become like all you want to do. And I think that probably starts nowadays pretty early with little kids. You know, you go out to eat somewhere and their parents just hand them an iPad and they'll be quiet, but that's all they want to do is be on their iPad and, so, I I mean, I'm not going to block my kids from 
playing video games if they want to. I definitely want them to experience that, but I'm just going to try to um, ensure that they are aware of other things that they might find fulfilling as well. Yeah, until they start offering scholarships for like Call of Duty players, then you can let them run wild on it. Go ham, yeah, get it paid for. <laughs> yeah, my little uh, niece, she's two. Um, they like, I don't know what the word is. Broke the seal was the first figure speech I came up with, which is a poor one, but we're gonna use it. Uh, they Makes broke sense. the seal and bought my little two-year-old niece an iPad. Actually, my mom did it, and. Um, we were all like, that's so bad. Like, she's two years old. Why would she need an iPad? Yeah. And that it is bad, probably. But I've had to watch my niece for, like, an hour one time by myself, and I would have done anything for her to sit and stare at something and be quiet and not yeah. walk around. So I'm like, it is probably bad, but when you have your own kid or you're responsible for something that doesn't know how to function on their own, the like one safe haven of them sitting there and being quiet and not moving is like gold. So yeah, (laughs) there's like a a give and take with it a little bit. Absolutely. And I have, I mean, I know exactly what you mean. My uh, nephew is two and a half right now. And just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had to watch him for my dad and I were watching him while his parents were gone and he loves Paw Patrol. So, it wasn't an iPad, but it's the same, just like just screen time, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. can be all encompassing. But he will sit on the couch and watch Paw Patrol, and he is like a zombie. You're like, Henry. <laughs> and he's like, does not even look at you. I was making a face, but I realized you can't see it. But Dude, do you think that zombie. he heard you and deliberately didn't ignore, didn't acknowledge you, or he like actually just doesn't hear you? He's like so zoned in. No, I think that he does here because like if you make a big enough scene he'll you know give you his attention but it is very hard fought to get his attention away from paw patrol dude my little niece and we do the same thing like she's on her ipad you, you like call her name and like first of all i know you know your name like you hear me and yeah she just deliberately ignores you which is a skill that she's learned already and will probably use the rest of her life i ignore people all the time so yeah. it's just interesting how early we developed that. All right. Uh, last thing that I wanted to discuss with you, because I know you know a lot about it, uh, is my experience at the CrossFit gym this morning. Okay. Okay. So I told you I was going, right? Yeah. Okay. And you used to do CrossFit. Um, I'll speak for you a little bit, but you're really in shape. Well, you know, he's very consistent with fitness, knows a lot about it, has been more into fitness longer than I have, but I would say we both are like very into it right now. So I have a trainer I've been with for the last two years and he's awesome. I'm, I'm not looking forward to giving that up, but I need something new plateaued a little bit with my uh, trainer who, I, and I talked about this in the first episode. So I visited a CrossFit gym. It's like the brand of CrossFit and uh, it's right across the street from my house, which is great. I went there this morning. Um, I thought I had, I'm just going to tell you my whole experience, Will, and then you tell me your opinion. Yeah. So I enrolled online for a free class at 6.30, which is very, very, very early for me. But I was like, full commit. I'm going at 6.30. It's the only time that really worked for me today. And 
I get I wake up at 545 I get there about 615 I wanted to get there a little early to check it out and try to meet the trainer or the coach or whatever I get there at 615 only to learn that I had enrolled in a class at a different location so and this location didn't have a 630 class they had seven o'clock classes so I just sit there and watch the previous class which actually didn't end up being that bad it was probably actually kind of informative but I felt really weird just like sitting by myself and watching them with like no one acknowledging my existence. Yeah. Um, and then I enrolled in the, cl- the next class, the seven o'clock class that I had to pay $20 for. So I didn't even get my free one <laughs> and I did the class. So the class was fine. The owner of the gym's name is Dave. Dave is like 75 years old. Okay. And he was there and he's like also does the coaching. Some of it. There was a younger guy that was, like, doing the coaching, too. But Dave, like, came up and introduced myself. He was a lovely old man. And he was like, I'll just kind of watch you. You know, a lot of new people don't know the techniques and, like, aren't super in shape. So, like, I'll just watch you and coach you along, which I was totally fine with. I love being, like, told how to do things well. I'm, like, really, really coachable. So, uh, I was like, all right, that's cool. We were doing the workout was we started with snatches. I couldn't even tell you how many reps we were supposed to do because Dave, old Dave was like right next to me the whole time coaching me on my form and technique and stuff, which ended up being fine, but I don't actually know what other people were doing. And <laughs> then the last part was seven, uh, double presses, hundred meter run, seven toes to bar, hundred meter run. You do that seven times, seven rounds of that. Uh, each round, the devil presses get less one by one rep, and you have 15 minutes to do it. So I don't know if that sounds hard to you, but it's really hard. What I'm not sure what a devil press is. What is that? So Can a you... devil press is a burpee, but you hold two dumbbells in your hands the whole time. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And I was doing I... it with 35s in my hands. So you, like, you, you do a burpee. You, like, jump to the ground. You do the push-up. Then you pick the dumbbells up, and you snatch them over your head. And you bring them back to the ground, you do the burpee, and then you snatch them over your head. So, like, over and over. They're really hard. Yeah. And so, you have 15 minutes to do seven rounds of what I just said. Okay. So, I do that kind of stuff all the time. And I was the only one to finish the workout in my class. I didn't, I didn't finish it in 15 minutes, which I was bummed about. But I did it in probably 15 minutes, 15 seconds. And I was the only one to finish. So, I was like heads and shoulders above everybody else that was in the class, which is fine. They were like some older people, but some like my age people that were like decently in shape, at least they looked like it. So I was just like, wasn't that challenging? The snatches was fine, but like snatches are dumb. Okay. Do you know what a snatch is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you use a barbell for that or were you using the dumbbells? No, I had done dumbbell snatches. So I like kind of knew the technique, but we were using barbells. Okay. It's just like the most awkward technique ever. It's like very specific. Yeah. You'll never use that motion in your life ever other than a CrossFit gym that's doing snatches. So it's just like so specific and there's no reason to even like be good at it. Um, And I'm like, I guess it worked like muscle groups that are cool, but like there's other exercises that are easier to do and more fun that could work the same muscle groups. But anyway, yeah. all that to say, I had, I, I had fun doing the class. Like it was a good workout and I was really tired after, but it's really expensive. I didn't feel like I got more out of it than what I do with my trainer. And there still wasn't any young people there. So what do I do? 
Yeah, I mean, from what you'd said this weekend, that that was kind of the main thing you're looking for is uh, some other people that would be in better shape than you felt like you were that would push you to go harder. So it kind of sounded like, at least at that class and that with that workout, that that wasn't the, the box, if you will, for you. Yeah. Um, and I will say with CrossFit, like, if you're going every day, like they always make the workouts for you. So if you're going every day, the workout that you happen to go to today could be like, they could have gone absolutely ham yesterday. And like, it's kind of like a easier workout. Yeah. true. Um, because most of the people are going five days a week and they all, they have like the training curriculum. So, um, they account for if you like did super heavy lifts or whatever the day before in uh, their plan. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Do you remember what you paid? Uh, I the gym I was going to, I had a student discount and uh, it was a, like one hundred and twenty bucks a month for unlimited. For unlimited, yeah. yeah. Every you go to Dude, every this class. This was expensive, bro. It's like one hundred ninety dollars a month. Really. Which is what? not like I can afford it, and I'm I'm all in on like investing in my body and the fitness, but I don't know, dude. That just seems like a lot for something I didn't feel like was like really working me that hard. Yeah. Do they do? Is it just like a one? Or I guess they don't do the free class at that gym, do they? I don't know. I was considered a drop in, is what they were saying. And so maybe yeah. if I had like enrolled in it online, it would have been free. But I don't That's... know, dude. I might try to go back to another one and do it online and see. Um, yeah because i was actually talking to my trainer about it who owns a crossfit gym and he said that younger people typically go in the afternoon so if i could try an afternoon class and just see if it's different so yeah that might be something to consider i the gym i was at they let you do a uh a week free and i think that is really helpful to uh really see how the workouts are different and uh, if you find a gym that does like the free week or whatever, my advice would be to make sure you go every day. And if you decide to like sign up for a month, like be super consistent with it because the workouts, I mean, you, maybe you'll have a different experience, but they w will be killer, but your body will just like become callous in the best way. And yeah. you'll just be an animal. Well, I'll keep so, you updated on what I decide. I still, I still don't know. I paid my trainer through the end of the year, so we'll we'll figure out what is next. But I'm leaning towards staying with him, so we'll see how yeah. it goes. All right, bro. Well, this has been a true pleasure. Uh, yes, it has. Hopping on. Hopefully, it didn't seem like we talked for an hour, but we did. Wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> hopefully, I took up some time for your uh, lonely hotel room too. So now you can just go to sleep, and it'll be a new day tomorrow. Yes. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Good to talk to you and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, man. I appreciate you. All right. Bye. Peace.